Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following broadcast has been approved for Elite Hornets fans. What a block by Cody Zeller. Walker down the lane, drive, shoots, scores! Game over! Bringing back the buzz is only the beginning. We will not go quietly into the night. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. It's Hive Talk Live. Welcome in, Hornets fans. You are you are listening to Hive Talk live on atthehive.com. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan, and we are live in the Gittimer.com studios in BEAU, Default Uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson. And I'm David Walker. And I'm now I'm David Walker. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live and visit us online at HiveTalkLive.com. You can listen to us live every Tuesday at 6 o'clock p.m. at HiveTalkLive.com. And make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher to listen to Hornets Talk anytime, anywhere. Well, uh, David, this is a, a big show. We finally have news to talk about. We finally have players to talk about. We don't have games yet. Those are coming up. It's coming. Actual stuff to and, talk about. Right. And a few uh, news items to mention here before we get into the meat of the show. We're going to be talking about Media Day and Training Camp. But first want to mention uh, Fox Sports Southeast making it official. They will broadcast 81 regular season games this Perfect. season. Perfect. That's all the games, right? It's almost all <laughs> of the games. So there, there's a little news uh, and note for you. Uh, we need to talk about this special guest that we have in studio here. He was at Media Day as well. Nada Edwards from WFNZ 610, the fan, the call up. Nada, welcome in. I missed you guys, man. I, I haven't seen y'all. It feels like I haven't seen you guys in what three, four months now. Long summer, right? It's I know been... it's been a brutal summer, quiet summer. I'm glad we can talk basketball instead of football right now. <laughs> I, no, exactly. No, this is the haven of basketball, and and I think I put it in the the post that you I did. know. Look, I know football is on your television, but don't be fooled because the NBA season is here. Well, we broke down the kickoff scenario last week, so we won't have to do that again <laughs> this week. We won't talk as much football right. on the show. Uh, well, Nada, thanks for joining us here. You were at Media Day as well. We're going to get to training camp here in a little bit. Uh, but I want to talk about this Media Day because a few interesting things were said. You never know where on the spectrum you're going to land with these Media Days, right? You never know how uh, – They're generally loose, boring. Yeah. Right, how loose the, the players are going to be or the coach is going to be. Uh, but this had a few interesting things. This had a few interesting things. Jeremy Lin's hair, number one, number one. That the the hair that created the thousand memes for all for all we know, at this point, because there's going to be Super Saiyan Jeremy Lin signs right. at some point coming out, hopefully within the first fifteen games or so, but we'll, we'll see. We'll but see. It, it sounded like he was, it, well, he obviously did ditch it because we've seen the training camp photos. But well, it's a deadly weapon, right? Like, imagine him trying to post somebody up, and then he accidentally backs his head into somebody's eye, something like that. Well, I want to know what was it for. In the first place, did we get a clear answer on this? No, because no he was one got mysteri- a clear Because he was mysterious about it. He did it for Media Day, and he did it for us that had to be at Media Day. He did it for the veterans that expected nothing 
on media day. That's what he did it for. No, well, it was it was interesting. I it mean, worked. It, 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 yeah, exactly, <laughs> and it worked perfectly. It had it had everyone at least saying something on Twitter. I mean, he look, he's a master of social media. Yes, I mean he and look, he has the fans, but he has the the social media prowess. That's the, to back the, that up. was the thing. And funny story about that because I I literally tweeted out the picture of Jeremy Lin, and that got more hits than anything else, and hits and retweets and favorites than anything else. Any other picture I'd taken that day, that one, Jeremy Lin. Folks, we got a whole bandwagon of fans coming to Charlotte. This is going to get interesting. Make nice. Again, show them how to cheer for the Hornets. But honestly, again, we got some we got some folks with us. Absolutely. Well, we've seen it. We've seen it on, oh, yeah. on our Twitter, at Hive Talk Live. We've seen it on the posts, for sure. So we'll, we'll, so we'll hear from Lynn uh, here in a minute on why he chose Charlotte and a few other things. But I want to talk first about a guy who's a guaranteed good interview at Media Day, and that's Big Al Jefferson. Now, <laughs> and this goes not only to Jefferson, but a few other players. Like he's leaner. He's no, leaner. he's noticeably, yeah, noticeably, noticeably leaner. leaner. That question's answered, right? I mean, right off the bat, you can tell. I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's definitely leaner, and we've all heard about obviously him giving up uh, chicken. Popeyes. Um, right. He cracked that joke again, too. He did. Well, yeah. you know, it's an easy one. It's a good one. Uh, but Big Al, I, I, I wanted to know, like, why, why exactly did he want to lose the weight? What were the, what was the biggest motivation? So I've got a little sound here to play. Well, last year when I was hurt with the groin, um, and I think we went on that level, we won like five or six games in a row. And the reason why we were winning, because the ball wasn't sticking. We was pick and roll, moving, and this and that. And I, and I wanted to be a part of that. So this is this was the the most interesting answer I heard to this question because he gave several that he wanted to get the weight off his knees, et cetera. But this idea that as he sat out and watched the team succeed without him, he became motivated to get this weight off and and to get back out on the floor, which tells me you know he sees the writing on the wall about you know his game as opposed to where the game is going. And where this team is going, more specifically. Exactly. And that would, to me, anyone that gives up fried chicken, just for that, just just even to keep up with the rest of the league, that deserves a bigger amount of praise than I think people realize. Like, that means no chicken fingers, that means no chicken wings, no bojangles, none of that. Not even the biscuits or the dirty rice. None of it. It's all... <laughs> little dirty rice, No, right? no, 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 no. It's all gone. You can't because you, you can't have one out. without you can't have one without the other. You know that, Doug. Come on now. It's true. They complement each other so they, well. Exactly. You can't have one without the other. But the big thing is with this is that he, if he's able to move and if he's able to keep the weight off the knees, we're not expecting him to play eighty-two out of eighty-two games. What I'm asking for, if he keeps all this weight off, is if he plays seventy, you get seventy games out of Al Jefferson. I'm pretty sure you'll do pretty well with this season going forward, especially if he can remain that constant pillar of offensive greatness. Two and years ago, two years, two years ago, Al is what you what you want to get back, right? I don't think that's possible. I think last year's two years ago, Al was an aberration, and it was the greatest season of his career for a reason. Maybe, yeah. I would say if you get somewhere in between these last two years, I think with the rest of the pieces that are here. I think that's more than enough to get them, I don't know, top six now? Well, you want a big Al who is more willing to participate 
in the pick and roll and not on just defense. I'm more worried about the pick and roll defense than I am more of the. I just think he is what he is on defense. He, he would, is what he is. I just I don't I just don't I see him is, making a leap period. on defense. Well, I mean, I don't think he's not going to be going out to the perimeter anytime soon. He's still going to be Big Al and Big Al's game. I just think this helps him stay on the floor and be healthier. Well, not only stay on the floor, but when he is on the floor, he's not dealing with nagging injuries that right. that keep him yeah, again from participating fully in the pick and roll. Because you got to be able to move if you're going to be part of the pick and roll. Because he's not he's not going to fade. He's not going to stand out and you know hit a three point shot. Exactly. The pick and pop was one of his best things that he did last year, and getting better at that that alone makes this offense that much deadlier. Because it, while you don't have that traditional four in, four out one in, even if you get three out and then one and a half in or so or so you can say that still opens up the paint enough to where Kemba can do things. That opens the paint up to where MKG can do things. That opens the paint up to where a guy like Jeremy Lin, who fun- who functions well going to the basket. That th- There's a lot of matchups where people can win. And if you can do that, this team may not, we may not be seeing them struggle to get to 80 games. They might get to 90. They might even get to 100. And that's not something that we could say with all regularity they got to last season. Right. Uh, we're here with Nada Edwards, by the way, from WFNZ 610, the fan, the call-up. Great show there on WFNZ. Let's talk about the power forward position. It is a one position with a giant question mark around it. Uh, Steve Clifford addressing the starting lineup in general. What would it look like? Here he was at Media Day. Unless, uh, unless there's really a surprise, Kemba, Nick, Mike, and Al will be starters, and then we'll figure out the uh, – best option uh, of balance play for, you know, who will start at the four. I think we have some good options there. All right, so they got they got to figure it out. Is it you, 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 you? I don't really know. Uh, and do they have a lot of good options there for? I mean, let's start. Let's, let's break down these options. <laughs> they have a lot of options. <laughs> they have options. Yeah. Good. We can't put good or bad yet because we haven't seen them play. Okay. I would say – if if knowing Cliff and the way he values defense, if Frank Kamensky somehow slides into that starting four position, he must either feel really good about Frank Kamensky's man on man and team defense, or he feels good about everybody else and realizes for this team to function at a peak performance on offense, he needs Frank Kamensky out there. Well well, let's just say this too. It's and you heard this a lot at Media Day. Steve Clifford talking about fit, fit, and the the four position being a question mark. It's almost sort of a a pinch point. Like he can he can use that position to complement another position or find something that this these four you know almost guaranteed starters need in that lineup. So it's not necessarily going to be the best power forward it could be just what they need I mean when you talk about a guy like Marvin Williams who plays Mm -hmm. good perimeter defense and can open up the floor or you know even Spencer Hawes who has played power forward there's another option there so I mean who know who really knows because because I'm not sure at all I I think we know this Cody Zeller is not you know is it's not that he can't be the starter in that four position but he's certainly been kind of knocked off since that injury to the shoulder. Yeah, my guess would be between Cody and, and Marvin. 
at this point. That'd be my guess. I mean, NBA 2K has Marvin in there, right? Yeah, that it does. <laughs> Again, the new 2K, which is pretty awesome. I would say, uh, honestly, I'm kind of eliminating Marvin Williams from this discussion. I don't think he's there. Really? I don't think he's there. I think he's valued more for for versatility on that second unit because if you need to go small, you can go Kaminsky, Marvin, then you go, I don't know, Lamb, Daniels, and Lynn. That's pretty good from a scoring punch. You might give up a little bit, but if you can go with that kind of lineup in your second unit, you can you can there's teams that you'll beat. There's teams that you can hold water with, and there's teams that you won't run down necessarily your second unit your first unit guys like Kemba, who's logged an inordinate inordinate amount of minutes, and MKG, who we know hasn't completed a full season yet. So I'm not so sure that Marvin's in this discussion. I think it's between Frank and I think it's between Cody. Well, I think let's say Cody has any sort of hiccups, you know, getting back into game the shape. Shoulder, yeah. Or, yeah, so getting back into that. Because I think he and Marvin are, are going to be about on the same level as far as, you know, knowing what this team's trying to do and knowing what Clifford wants out of them. And I, I'm with you. I kind of give the nod. I, I, in my guess, I would say Cody. But I just think Marvin's still in there because of a lot of reasons he was in there last year. He's reliable. You know, Clifford trusts guys that, you know, he knows what they're going to get out of him, um, and he's a veteran guy. Not saying I don't think he'll finish the season at that position, but those would be my, my two front runners. I think Kaminsky is just going to have a tough tough time of it with uh, with the strength issue, I think. You no, know. Strength is definitely an issue. I'm not denying that. Strength yeah. is going to be one of the biggest issues for Frank Kaminsky going forward, as it was for Cody. The reason I think Cody is in this more than we think is because he said at media day, I'm working on my three-point shot. Yeah. If this shows up in preseason, he's the clear winner. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would he's agree clear, with that. He's the clear winner because then he gives you that defense, then he gives you that three-point punch, and then you can run, really run can four run. out, one in, or depending on the line, depending on the lineup, five out, which is what Cliff would love, five out, and then you can you're not losing anything on defense. If he can run that, then he's in heaven. Because can you imagine like a future lineup? Cody, Kamensky, MKG, Kemba, insert two guard here. I just don't know how confident Clifford is in Cody Zeller being able to play four out. And and also, I'll say this, I think Zeller would be an asset defensively on a second unit where you look at, you know, Lamb, you look at Kaminsky and and Hawes to a certain extent. He has trouble on on guarding sort of switches and I mean he's a pretty good post defender. But I think Zeller would be an asset on the second unit. So then again you go maybe it's not necessarily about picking the best player for the starting lineup. It's about you know helping the second unit and again finding mm-hmm. the fit. Fit is definitely yeah. Fit is definitely, and I'm thinking in terms of talent. And there, I, I definitely get where fit does matter. I completely get it. I understand it to T. I, I just there's something about Spencer Hawes on the floor for major minutes that scares me at this point. And if you could bypass that, I I think we're better off. He's got a lot to prove after last year. Well, and, and a lot of guys do. I mean, that's the thing about this lineup when you look at it across the board, especially the additions that the Hornets made. It's just question mark, question mark, question mark. And Clifford brought it up in his media day press conference. It's going to take a couple of these guys 
doing something that they either haven't done in their career or didn't do last year and stepping up and, and you know, making a leap, if you will, to get this team not only to the playoffs, but but in a position where they can contend. Yeah, and yeah. and th- that that's going to come. I mean, you would think one of the younger guys, and you, you, you keep looking at Cody because he's in that zone of, you know, still a young guy, hasn't quite made any leaps, hasn't hit the potential that that team wants to see him do. So, you know, Marvin kind of is what he is at this point. He's still able to do some stuff, but he's not going to surprise you. Cody is the guy that could make a, make a leap and could make a jump. So if he distinguishes himself – preseason and these preseason games if he comes back fully healthy it seems it feels like that's why it feels like it's his to take more than anyone else's definitely um i would also say if we're going to talk about leaps one guy that granted he just signed but we're taking for granted to a to a degree why why aren't we talking about kemba making the leap because the way he's come in the way everybody's been talking around around tom warner about how much he's been there how he pretty much hasn't left charlotte outside of doing his stuff for his youtube show which is pretty good by the way if you can catch and i don't have the link on me right now but the stuff that kemba walker is doing to prepare himself for this season i think we're in we're on in store for a big year from kemba walker i still believe in him as a as maybe a top 15 point guard wait i'd like to hear more about this youtube show no just no i think i think you're right i think kemba is definitely in in that a group of, of guys that has to make that leap either into you know all-star territory or at least becoming someone that you don't scream when you look at the efficiency numbers. And, and we talked about last season being such an important season for Kimba because in his previous seasons, he had tried to attack the basket, didn't work. He tried to shoot outside, didn't work. And it's like, which one is he, which kind of guard is he going to become? Injuries derailed that last season, and now here we are again, and you see guys talking about this is the most important season in Kimball Walker's career. What is he going to do with it? I I wouldn't go I wouldn't go it's the most important season, but I would tell him I would say this. If he doesn't show up, there's a guy by the name of Jeremy Lin who's good enough who has been good enough to start with this for for multiple NBA teams. There's a guy he will take over. And if Kemba is not careful and he doesn't come in and come out guns a-blazing, the, the cry for Jeremy Lin starting is only going to get louder and louder. And that's not a good look, especially in one year one of a contract extension. Hello. Um, who is? It's every year somebody is calling for Kemba to, to take a back seat. Um but last season, Mo, last year, well, for a few games. But I agree with you. I mean, I'm with you, and I think everyone who uh, you know, Kimba, Kimba does have some supporters. There are people in Kimba's camp, and they've been waiting this whole time for him to take that next leap. So there's going to be a lot of eyes on him this season. And I agree with you. It's a huge. I mean, it's it's huge for everyone, but for him especially, because I think you know, as a point guard, or the leader of the team, he's been here the whole time. This is the best talent he's had around him in Charlotte. Period. Yeah. And so, it's not close either. Yeah. So it's uh, it's not like he doesn't have any excuses. You don't want to put it like that, but he this is his best situation so far. You know why I think fans struggle a little bit to get into Kimba's camp or to be on board with Kimba? Because – Oh, he can be frustrating for sure. Well, well <laughs> I just – I think to Media Day, and I listened to his, his Media Day interview, and someone asked him what his goals were for the season. He said, I don't really set goals. And so he – and he's been – 
not standoffish during interviews, but he doesn't give a lot of himself to these interviews. So it's tough. You you only have saving the, it for oh, that YouTube show. Well, yeah. You there, only, there, there's you, actually an, I can actually explain that. That's a very he is a very guarded guy because that's the way he grew up. That's a Yonkers New York thing. Okay, that is a that is a complete New York thing because I remember there's times where I've met him at different events or I've run into him and he's the same way in interviews that he is when he's just out in public. If you don't know him, he doesn't know you. He's not very open to you. And 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 there are plenty of guys across the NBA spectrum that are that like are that. Just like that. But then the only thing that you have to look at at that point is your on-court performance. And that, then and you have right. to lead by example. If if you're not leading, if you're a leader of a team and and mm-hmm. he's been denoted by many folks that he's the leader of this team, th- then if you're not going to do it vocally where where fans can hear it, then you you've got to do it on the court. And he does that. I mean, he, he's not afraid to take those shots, those big shots. He wants them. I mean, that's that's one thing that that goes. But people in his just favor. want to see it more consistently. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the that's the thing. The percentages, the consistency from him is the biggest thing, and that's where he's going to make the jump. Yeah. Now, one thing I would say, and I don't know if we gotten into this, but this media day felt a whole lot lighter than last year. And it did. Hmm. Yeah, it did. And there, there there happens to be one minor subtraction. I can't remember who it is. And <laughs> I... no, we're not talking about Gerald Henderson in this case. But Vonley. <laughs> oh, I did forget about Vonley, too. <laughs> it was that darn Vonley. Yeah, Vonley. Again, that, rookies just ruining just locker room moods. But anyway, back to – but. <laughs> Kemba Walker was one of those guys that was around there cracking jokes to his teammates during the photo shoot in the middle of the court. I'd never saw him do that before. He was jovial. He was he was jovial with his teammates, not with us so much. But to see that and see the jokes that he was cracking and seeing how much fun he was having while doing media day, and that's not usually the most fun part of anybody's NBA career. But the fact he was doing that, Let's me know that, hey, maybe we need to start looking at the departure or the arrival of somebody as to why, as just basically stunting everybody's development, not just MKG's, not just potentially Noah Vonley's, but maybe Kemba Walker's as well. This is something to be said for that. Yeah, and and certainly there was a lot going on last year, and it, you know we've talked about it a lot. You can't pin it all on one person, but look, look, look let's let's be honest. Lance is a dominating personality, you know, and that's what we saw last year when things are, are not going great. Uh, there appeared to be a cloud over this team, and we never saw anything. I, I never saw anything between teammates or anything like that on the floor that was bad. It just didn't work, and they had to they had to they had to nip it in the bud, and and they did, and, and so you can see that change. You can see the change. The one thing I would say is look at Indiana. It's taken them, what, two years to rid themselves of the Lance, uh, of whatever Lance did? Because remember. There was a common denominator. There's a common denominator in all this. So maybe just, I'm not saying it's going to take two years to rid yourself of the Lance influence. But at the same time. When you don't have a team. Yeah, when you don't have a team full of. Uh, you know, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce. Like, this was not that team. This was a young team, not much playoff experience, not a lot of, you know, MKG, Kemba, even Big and Al. a team that reset the odometer yeah. a year ago. And not a lot of dominant personalities. So not to dwell on the Lance thing again, but to bring him in, it changed the whole dynamic. And what you're saying is the Clippers are going to be fun to watch this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Them and, them and Sacramento are going to be the two most fun teams to watch in just like a – 
train wreck fight. That's it. Just just you watch it for the train wreck, not for the basketball. They're just they're not afraid to bring in personalities. That's for sure. They're sort of copying their their brethren in LA. Yeah. They're they're not afraid to bring in the big personalities. Well, let's talk about this is a good transition. Let's talk about the guy that's slated to take Lance's place, Nick Batum. And I think there's a little bit of a similarity between uh, what Lance faced in Charlotte last season and what Batum will face. And Hornets fans and, and obviously the coaching staff uh, hope that there's a different result because Batum is, is somebody that's going to have to change his role a little bit or the role that he's used to playing. Let's, again, listen to uh, Clifford at Media Day. You know, the guys that we're bringing in here, they're going to get more. You know, Nick's always been a fourth, fifth option. He's going to be a second, third option, first option, you know. Uh yeah, so he, he's he's going to have to turn from a fourth or fifth option to a first or second option. David, we've talked about this yeah. on the show before. And, and the question is, how will Batum adjust to that new role? Because, again, it's it's vastly different. Uh, not only from his experience in the NBA, but also his experience in, in national play. He's he's never been the, the guy, the, or the even number the second one, guy. the top dog. He's been, you know, this year, this summer, he was the number two guy. This summer, this summer was he was the number two guy. Yeah, and not in with Portland the, with the French national with the French team. French national and, team, and 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 that's a great man. Are you, you're like you're, you, do you, do you have a copy of this because you're <laughs> you're perfectly transitioning me here. So I talked to uh, JB from posterdunk.com and they do a podcast it's a french nba site they cover the french national team and i I talked to him about the the struggles that nick had over the summer at Eurobasket. let's listen to what he had to say he went from the second option to the fourth option uh on on sometimes even boris dio took more shots shots than him which is crazy when you think about it but i think batum realized that yeah he's not having a good time so Let's try something else. And and he's very mature. It's been 10 years he's playing pro, and he's only 26. So he's very mature, but this is the nightmare scenario that he does become the second option and, excuse me, and struggles and then sort of reverts back into his playmaking, not really wanting to score, you know. Boris Diaz swing version is what you're trying to say. I, I, I get it. I'm not worried about it, if only because he's playing for money. The contract is going to be a big motivator to show people, hey, I'm that number one guy, I'm that number two guy, pay me as such. I think so, but I think the, I think they take the French national team, I think they take it very seriously. Oh, no, they, They're they, very they, sure, national. For sure. yeah. they, they take it as serious as French soccer over there. And French soccer is is absolutely nuts. What I'm saying is, Nick Batum is not going to struggle because he's got so many millions of reasons not to struggle. I'm thinking we're going to start it, uh, to equate it to Panther football. This is what are you, his, doing? you said no football. I, I know, but it look, I talk about it 24 <laughs> seven. This is a Josh Norman situation. It's going to be very similar to a Josh Norman situation, except in our, in the Hornets case, you have the bird rights, you have the extra year, you have all that money you can pay him, provided he shows out. I think this is going to be a very maturing year. I think he complements this roster, and this roster complements him. And if we can get, and with Batum and MKG and Kemba on the break, that provides so many 
tantalizing dunks and posters that we may have this season. So I'm not worried about Nick Batum. I'm like I'm not worried about it. I'm uh, believe me. There are other things to worry I, about. I, on look, the I don't look. I, I mean, I don't question Batum's uh, desire to have a, a bigger role and, and and perform well in that role. You're getting nervous over those feet of those uh, Euro basket stats, aren't you? Well, and, and look, I, I I asked him about it, and he, he basically said, "Look, I changed roles yeah. on that team. I went from the two to the three. So heads up, let's maybe not." <laughs> But no, he said that not only was he changed from the two to the three, but there were no plays around him being at the three. Mm-hmm. That they didn't change the the basically the the plays, the play calling to adjust to him being moved to the three. So I can understand, especially within the tight confines of the Eurobasket schedule, where that would throw a wrench into things. Yeah, and so so we talked about this last week. It's just different. I mean, it's just a different brand. Of Forty basketball. minutes versus forty-eight minutes. It's a different style. People are driving on different sides of the street. No, you can you can knock the shots off the rim, which yeah. no one in the NBA ever really takes advantage of anymore. Well, obviously because the rule there is no, there's a rule. <laughs> they would, would they would it's be against taking, the rule. They would be taking don't mind. disadvantage. <laughs> exactly. It, it's against the rules, but completely disregard everything I just said on that. But um. <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's just different. You can't take too much from that because, as we said last week, look at some of the leading scores. Look at some of the leading stat guys in that tournament. Look. They're not guys that are dominating the NBA. They're good players, but I, I'm not worried about Batum either. And I think it's almost it's not quite a now or never scenario. But he has been in a, in a little cocoon out there in Portland. He's been he's been fostered out there. He's he has not been the first or second option. So I mean. He's ready. He has taken some of those shots, though. I mean, he has taken some late game scenario shots. He, he this is his time to to shine and to show out. And you're right. I mean, it never hurts to be playing for for that next contract and to be in a good situation where there's a massive hole that he can fill. There is a massive hole that he can fill, and Batum's game, I think, fits this team, especially for what it wants to do. Cliff has compared him to Hito Turgalu before. Now, granted, he. I'm not sure Batum was ever shot like Hito Turgaloo. But if you get he, a better version of Hito Turgaloo as far as driving to the basket and creating for other people, you can't have enough facilitators on, on offense now. The Golden State Warriors have taught everybody that now. If you can get four, guy, four or five guys that have basketball IQ and can move the ball in many different ways and very different very different creative ways to do it, it can only help, especially with guys like Cody Zeller, who, granted, Lance helped out a lot with his way of creatively passing and the way Lance helped out Biz. If we get something similar in terms of facilitating from someone other than Kemba Walker, this can only benefit. This can't hurt. Yeah, and you know, Kemba is, uh, well, I think Lillard and Kemba are often compared Um they both have different strengths and weaknesses to some to some respect, but I think they play a similar style of game. So Batum's going to be used to playing with a guy like that. I don't think Lillard is as shoot first as Kemba, but I also think that's a lot due to Kemba's. Co- He's co- got a lot more. Yeah. He had a lot more people. Exactly, <laughs> spread there's around a lot too. more trash to carry for yeah. Kemba. Yeah, and Kemba's a better defender than Damian. Lillard. Vastly, yeah, vastly, yeah. In in that, he defends. <laughs> In that he he decides to defend. There, there is that too. Yeah, um, there's that. No, look, Batum is saying all the right things, and he's, a, he's he studies the game. Uh, Clifford at at training camp relayed a, an anecdote about 
Nick coming up to him and asking him about a wrinkle in the defense that they have, haven't introduced yet at training camp. And Clifford's like, how do you know about that? And Batum said, I read it in the playbook. So, you know, mm-hmm. he, again, he's doing yeah. all the right things, saying all the right things, and that's almost what worries me because, again, sometimes a cat can't change his stripes. I'm just worried about someone because it, it got forced upon Lance because Lance was never the focus of an offense I in, think- in, in, in Indiana. I think where I know where you're going with this, I think the difference is emotional maturity. Okay. I do think that Batum is emotionally capable of necessarily handling this, where Lance clearly wasn't. And Lance is not going to be one to get it till maybe his 30s, a la Paul Pierce, where Nick Batum has been through the rigors. This is his 10th year playing professional basketball. Since yeah. There are... There, the similarities to Lance's career and Nick Batum's career, there, there are a bunch of them. Where it stops is the, the emotional maturity of a guy like Nick Batum. Does, well, does it well, concern you guys at all that, you know, we talked about this, he was in Portland for, forever. They got a good look at him. The, this could have been his time to shine out there, uh, and they chose to, you know, to, 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 to totally rebuild, but to not build around him and use that as a piece. Is that concern at all? Not really, because I'm not sure what Portland's doing in the first place. Yeah, that's all. I would agree with that. I mean, that's one way to look at it. But I think in that scenario, once they lost Aldridge, they're like, we're keeping Lillard, and then everybody else is on the table. We got to figure something else out. Because, well, because again, you don't. When you're in that total rebuild situation, it's tough to plan around a guy like that who's on his last year. Yeah, there's yep. also that too. So no, I, I don't worry about that. I'll say this though, Batum. He may be emotionally mature, but he's a passionate guy. Uh, again, JB from PosterDunk.com relaying a story where he he once like got so mad in, a, in an international game that he punched a Spanish player in the face. So I mean, this guy's got some. He's and, got some fire. That's just one of the stories. Yeah. Remember, there are yeah. many the stories. Yeah. There's the other one that we all know about that is just as heinous that we will not talk about right now because it hurts too much. I, exactly. Exactly. Um, Okay, let's talk about Jeremy Lin. Um, he again, if you want to, I should say this. I forgot to pitch that uh, JB interview. Uh, I'm. Uh, you can hear the whole thing this Saturday. It's going to be our Saturday sit down. JB from PosterDunk.com, a French NBA site. We go much more in depth on Batum. So if if you don't know Batum's game and you want to hear some more stories, you like will that, by Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night. Check that out. Uh, HiveTalkLive.com. If you want to hear why Jeremy Lin chose Charlotte over Dallas, go to our YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash Hive Talk Live. He chose Charlotte over a couple of suitors, one of those being Dallas. And and he seems happy to be here, guys. And he seems happy or at least comfortable in in a shooting guard role, in a two-guard role. Let's take a listen to what he had to say when I asked him about that. I mean, honestly, I played the two, like, all up until high school. I played the two all four years in college, and uh, I played the two in Houston alongside Patrick Beverly um, in D'Antoni's system, um, you know, sliding to the one, to the two, or, you know, playing pistol action. A lot of times, you know, you end up kind of just whoever's closest to the ball ends ends up with it. So it's nothing new to me. So he's played in D'Antoni's system, and we know D'Antoni and Clifford are close friends. Yes. He was actually – D'Antoni's been here a couple of times. He's been to games. I've seen uh, – he's – been here talking to cliff before so would it surprise anybody to see them adapt more of the d'antoni system as far as offense goes wouldn't surprise me would it surprise y'all it would not surprise me does he have any inbounds plays 
<laughs> does he have does he have some fresh ones? We we could sure use that. <laughs> Look, remember they have to change up the the inbounds plays. You know why? Because Gerald Henderson's gone. There's no more Ollie <laughs> to Gerald on the, on the inbounds anymore. It's true. They have to adapt. We'll we'll see. We'll see though. So Lynn playing alongside Kemba. We haven't talked to you about this yet, Nada. Are are you excited by the prospects of of these two guys playing together? It kind of petrifies me to be honest. Really? Because who guards the two guard? There's I going think, to be think, a de- defensive mismatch no matter how you slice it. As much as I think it depends on what kind of two guard. It, it does, but at the same time, there's so many two guards that can cook you in this league. And to call Jeremy Lin an average defender is a gross overstatement. I don't know. No, no, come on now. Come on now, Doug. I think he's got the ability. He's, I mean, like we've, we've looked at it a little bit. I mean, he's, he's not going to make anyone's all-defense all, all team. Neither obviously. is Kemba. Neither is Kemba. Um, Kemba's closer to getting all-defense than, than Lin. And it's not close on that one either. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I think he's capable of at least bothering a guy, and it's going to depend on matchups, right? But, I mean, Lynn is going to be – you could put him on some two guards. You could put him on some point. It's just going to depend on matchups. But, again, and I've said this before, I'm interested to see Lynn in an actually a good defensive system because he's played in, he played in L.A. That's true. He played in Houston. The one he played that- in New York. Has he played on a good defensive team? I, I would I would caution you with with this, Lynn because Lynn was there for one of the Dwight Howard years, right? I believe he was. Again, he played beside James Harden. Yes, while playing beside while playing beside James Harden. But the one thing they do in Houston they, is they get down on defense. They do get down on defense. Say what you want about Houston and their lack of basketball IQ. The one thing they do really well. Is they play defense. Well, Beverly, yeah. I mean, he gets after you. Beverly, um, Terrence Jones, Howard, it, for all of his flaws, is still one of the best po- uh, ri- at-the-rim defenders in the league. Honestly, this is one of those situations where I'm not necessarily so sure that it's just he's not a good defender, and we just accept that, that as much as he gives on offense, he may give up. And that's perfectly fine in this system. He was throwing out some stats, his own stats at Media Day, his own defensive stats the other day. Of course he does. <laughs> he knows because he knows he, he knows, knows the, the criticism. He knows the criticism. Well, and again, I think he's he's in a place right now where he feels like, and he's made allusions to this, that he's finally on the same page with a coach and with a staff, and in a situation where he can be successful. Uh, so, and, and I think, look, if you look at the energy is there. The effort is there. This is not a de- question of defensive effort. No, it's not. Yeah, he overhelps. But again, I mean, you're in L.A. Yeah. If you're yeah, trying yeah, on defense, yeah. you're overhelping. <laughs> yeah. I, what I, much, I, would, what I, I don't hold the L.A. I, I don't. One thing in my Jeremy Lin criticism, I don't hold L.A. Lin responsible for much because, you know what, if the coach doesn't, then neither can I, really, at that point. And we all know Byron Scott is a horrible coach at this point. So I'm not going to hold him responsible for those for anything that he did defensively then. What I am going to hold him responsible for is the Houston years and partially 
of the New York years, even though no one was really playing defense then either. Yeah, and he was so young then. I mean, you hope that he's grown up a little bit since then, and I think he has, and he knows he's going to have to work on that. I, I think Doug is right in that hopefully Clifford can bring out the best in, in his defensive He did prowess. it for Big Al. There's no yeah. reason, and, and I will give you that. He did it for Big Al. There's no reason he can't do it necessarily for Jeremy Lin. And he's smart. I mean, he's obviously a smart guy. Yes. He's going to pick it up, you know, uh, mentally, and like Doug said, the want to is there. You pair that with, you know, some of Cliff's schemes and some of the other guys the Hornets have, I don't think he's going to be a, a massive drain on, on the defensive efforts. No, I, I don't think so either. I don't think – I just worry about two small guards, especially if both can be suspect at times on defense. That's going to be the big That's question the mark. Concern. Who do they put behind – Lynn and Kimba in those lineups. We'll have to see. I mean, we've got preseason games coming up. Hopefully, we'll get some questions. The DVR games, of... as we like to call them. Right, <laughs> right. Well, we've got yeah, we've got two away games to start out with against Orlando and Miami, and then we've got the the, the China games as well. Well, for more coverage from Hornets Media Day and the Hornets preparations for the 2015-16 season, head over to at thehive.com. Uh, not a I don't know if I asked you before the show, but we'd love for you to stick around for this training camp segment. Dude, no worries, I'm man. I'm asking you now. Dude, are you kidding me? I love hanging out. What if he had, now that you're here? What if he had said no? I mean, no. the door's what locked. Like, you can try and get out. I, I no, get no, out. no. Honestly, again, I haven't seen y'all in three four months, man. I, again, we got to hang out, chop it up some more. I mean. That's true. Even outside the show. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about training camp. We're we're in day four, uh, so we, we, we're deep into it now. The two-a-days are over, though. He cut the two-a-days short, apparently. Apparently so the good, practices were that good, which were is so kind good. of surprising. Again, you, you know, you have to parse some of the things that you hear at Media Day and yes. training camp, but everything, everything seems to be around the guys that have come to camp prepared. They're leaner. P.J. Harrison's dropped 13 pounds. Marvin Williams has dropped some weight. Everything you're hearing is that everyone is ready for this season. And I think that's, again, a testament to bringing in new additions who have to put up or or sit down. They've ramped up the competition almost across the board. Exactly. It's not a country club situation where people know these spots are set. There may be three spots that are set. Outside of that, it's dog-eat-dog. Who's going to make it? And honestly, we have one of the more interesting who's going to be 14 and 15 on this roster more than anybody else in the league. Because remember, you have Aaron Harrison that's fighting for a spot. We have Elliot Williams fighting for a spot. Troy Daniels, Troy Daniels. strained his hamstring. Uh, I mean, that's so disappointing. He's day-to-day. He remember, hasn't been able he to doesn't get back. cost that much, so they could waive him easily. It's so disappointing because he, he was so – it seemed like – I mean, he had a great summer league. He seemed really geared up to compete. The one thing I would warn people against about that summer league is that he was – he's, what, a third, four-year player? That's like having uh, – that's like putting a senior – that's like putting a varsity guy against, I don't know, seventh-grade team. It, you're gonna do that. The this the situation. It's like the Brooklyn Nets. I think put a couple guys exactly in that, that were had like no business veteran. Exactly <laughs> that had no guy? business being. Is that in Richard there. Jefferson? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I will say he hit shots, which he hit shots, hey, which is big, which is more than PJ time. did down there. So that's what they were looking for. I'm assuming out of him, but yeah, you're right. Um, be very careful. Be very wary with that Troy Daniels thing. I think he's closer to out than in than what than now? We think. Yeah, I mean, the mm. straight hamstring because this training camp. I, you know, we talked about it. That it was so huge for so many guys that this wasn't one of these training camps where, 
you know, they were just going to kind of run through the motions. We sort of knew what was going to happen. You bring it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a battle, man. That might be another reason he cut it short. I mean, if it's just too intense. It's just too crazy much. down no, there. No, 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 no. <laughs> too intense for these guys, I, I'm perfectly fine with. They haven't earned that yet. They have not earned it being too intense too early right now. Keep it that way for as long as you can go. Well, apparently, PJ is playing well uh, the past two days. Steve Clifford telling uh, the media today he went four for eight from three points and 19 points in a scrimmage. That's 50%. That, thank you. And, <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I mean, look, people are cheering for PJ. The locals, they 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 like uh, bombs away PJ, and it's again he dropped weight, thirteen pounds. It seems you he never... dropped that. He dropped thirteen pounds in summer league. He looked good. He, he looked did good. Look good. The shoes looked even better. And a lot of people at summer league Is were sort of questioning, arm? like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I have a picture. Uh, I'll probably share the picture with you guys at some point. And then that way you can get it out to the people that are listening and be like, what kind of shoes is, is not talking about right now? Oh, those shoes. What are those? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. What are those? I didn't say that to him, but I did take a picture <laughs> oh of God. it. What are those? What are those? <laughs> shoes. Um, okay. But but good things coming out of, of training camp. Uh, I have a few bites here from training camp. A little trivia here, a little training camp trivia for you guys. Uh, Big Al, Big Al Jefferson, he likes uh, one of the – there's like, what, we have 17 big guys in this rotation right Mm -hmm. now. Big Al pointing to one specifically that he's really liked. Uh, Buzz in when you know the answer. Do you know? Spencer Halls. What do you think, David? Big Al likes one particular big at training camp. He he mentioned him when nobody mentions anything at training camp. Frank the Tank. Uh, Guys, I get the double buzzer here. You both, both are wrong. Let's listen. Tyler have to be the guy that really standing out to me the most right now because he's just a high energy player. You know, he bring, he works hard. And he bring, True. Uh, he go one hundred and ten percent. They also asked him about the Psycho T nickname, but we need to get the word out. Like Tyler does not like that nickname. No, I'm it's waiting for Even I'm though, waiting for the media person to slip up and call him that. No, no. You know what? The funny part is, if that happens during a home game, I will be here. <laughs> To tell y'all about it the next day, please. We will talk. We will tell that story on air. Uh, Big Al said, "I don't know anything about that nickname." He knew. I think he already knew. He- no, they all. They all know. They're just not going to call him that to the media because you know what? Tyler might run up on him. They got to practice against him for like a month. Exactly. I'm not calling him that to the media at all. I don't blame. L- look at some of the <laughs> some of these pictures from training camp, Hansboro. I mean, just intense focus on a free throw. And she- <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so, so do we have to worry about Tyler Hansborough possibly starting? Because if he keeps doing this, there's a good chance he may end up starting. Well, look, when I look across this big rotation, and you look at it on paper, and it's not extremely impressive. I mean, Big Al obviously anchors. He's he's a good player. But then you look at you got Spencer Hawes had a bad year last year. Tyler Hansborough. They keep pointing back to his like second year in Indiana, so he's he struggled the past couple of years to sort of find his place within the league. Uh, Frank Kaminsky, unproven, a lot of question marks around his strength, his ability to to hang tough there on defense. So on paper, it doesn't look great, but but everyone has a thing. Like Tyler Hansborough has a thing that he can do. He can come in, he can rebound decently well, and he's got high energy. So yeah, I mean, there, he, he's got a role for, now. for every one of these big guys to carve out a role. And you know what, though? To be fair, 
his best role might be to give a hard foul. And Just you to know come what? in and knock somebody knock down. People How around. many times have we all been sitting by the TV or sitting in there, sitting in Time Warner and saying, you know what? I wish somebody would give a hard foul back for what they did to Kemba, MKG, insert Hornet here. We have we now have an enforcer. That's kind of big, especially when you consider that this team has never had one before. Well, look, he gives hard fouls. Well, Nick Roberts. <laughs> I mean, he gave the flying elbow uh, to, that, no. to LeBron. He's he was no, he was an intense no. player. It, it, it was out of not character. even in the same it, ballpark it, though. It, it, it's out of character for McRoberts to do it. Every Tyler t- Tyler does, gives now. hard fouls on on re, on free throw rebounds. I mean, now. I'm I'm going to dispute you guys on this because McRoberts, when he had to guard a a bigger power forward. I mean, the guy was a, a Tasmanian devil. He was physical. There's a difference between what McRoberts did. And, what do you want? And, and, and what psycho t- psycho you want him to come out and just guy, like headbutt somebody in the it's nose? It's different. I mean, it it's is different. different. Psycho it's t- just, psycho t is the type you know, of guy. You know my thing on McRoberts too. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. like all no, the McRoberts I know, I know. love. No, I'm very sort of not anti McRoberts, but anti McRoberts love. I'm not saying he was soft by any means. I'm just saying hands, bro. That's his deal now. He goes in there. He knocks people to the ground. He may not even get the rebound, but if the team gets the rebound, that's all he cares about. Uh, he's carved out a little niche for him. For some reason, he can't shoot anymore. If he, you know, he, he did have that one good season. Clifford, in Indiana. Clifford pointed that out that they, they, they want to try yeah. to get him to refocus his game because I think that that can be a problem, right? With players, they come in, they try to do a little bit of everything and and not really find their niche, especially it, when they're a rotation. I think player. Tyler try, found his niche as a as one of those enforcers. And I think he forgot how to play necessarily. It was the just finesse all, parts yeah. of his game went to went to pot. But 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 I think you're right. I mean, this team needs somebody When's to the fill last that time we role. Had that? I don't think we've had that since the NBA's come back to Charlotte. Josh McRoberts. <laughs> well, no. I think he's he, he's going to fill a similar Jeff Adrian type Max Seal yeah, role. Adrian, Adrian Adrian was the closest one. Yeah, Adrian was the closest one, and Max Seal for as good as he did was just too old to keep going. And that's why I love the Tyler Hansborough signing. I still love it. I it like was one it of too. the few things that I did initially love about this offseason. It was easy and and didn't cost a lot and he and wants it was to no-brainer. be here and it was a no brainer. And a lot of people, you know, tied that to the to the UNC tie I just thought that was silly at this point, to be honest. I mean, he's coming in and he's gonna be a guy off the bench who, like we said, is gonna go knock somebody down. He's gonna go try to get the ball. If he gets a put back, great. Uh, but you know, you know what you're getting out of him, and let's not forget he is going to amp up those practices. So exactly, and he's going to be the tenderizer for a guy like for a guy like Kamensky, and that might be invaluable going forward because if he, if yeah, yeah, Kamensky gets a fifth of the workout work ethic that Hansborough has, it's over. Well, we have ourselves a dominant starter. You make a great point, David. He keeps practices honest. You're yeah. not going to be able to go out there and give 90%. I'm not sure you could before, but now I you're th- really not going to be able to. I think if the general attitude, if there's a general malaise around the around a team, then then practices can go poorly. And, but with this guy, he doesn't know what malaise is. I'm mm-hmm. I think you're shorting the competitiveness of two guys in the in that locker room. Kemba, number one, MKG, number two. Plus, remember, we have one of the hardest working centers ever as a head assistant coach. I don't think he knows what relax means either. 
he's from that Pat Riley school. So I'm not sure that these practices. Go. I'm not saying that they are. I'm just saying that he's Tyler, amped it up. Tyler, regardless, he's going to amp it up. He's going to amp it up. Uh, I'm waiting for the first training camp fight story to come out. I'm just waiting for that. Well, now. if he's got Big Al on his side already, I mean, he's halfway home. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. Somebody I'm just saying you want Big Al on your side if yeah, you're already you cracking do. jokes. You, you do, but at the same time, what I'm saying is. Look, even though you're not fighting Big Al, there'll be one of them rookies that's going to be tired and that, that knows he's getting cut. All right, so first scuffle is Hansborough v. Who Sam Thompson. <sighs> it's not going to be any any of the guys on contract yet. No? No, not yet. Doug, do you have a pick here? Well, it's, it's Hansborough versus... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hansborough's the one. Who's the next? Who's the, who's the other guy? I- I wish I could say Gerald. I wish Gerald was still no. <laughs> See, that would have been uh, great. That was the other thing you know? that, that we found out from media day. Remember how Gerald was always saying that he talked to Tyler and that they're over it? Yeah. They, he didn't sound over it. No. He didn't sound over it. Well, Not at all. Well, he said he was past it, but he'd rather get him in a game. Exactly. Right, which means which means you're not past it. No. You're not past it at all. All right, I'll give you my pick real quick. Okay. Sneaky one. Uh, Aaron Harrison. It, the only reason I'm saying no to this one. Kentucky, Carolina. The only reason I'm saying no to this is because Aaron Harrison actually has a legitimate shot to make the roster. <laughs> yeah. I think if it happens, it's got to be with a guy that has no shot and that's just sick and tired of Tyler. All right. Well, we're going to need reports. The first scuffle. I, as soon as I hear about it, I'll tell y'all. <laughs> I'll bring some breaking news. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> exactly. Bloody nose. Wait, I think... Yeah, that'll, the, that works. That works. The first scuffle at Hornets training camp. All right, I got one more trivia question here. So we've talked about Marvin Williams. He's lost some weight. Uh, he's got a new... Him pl- too? He's got a new... Yeah, he looks He looks lean. <laughs> Are we sure they're just I, not sick over there? Well, <laughs> I was about to say, wait a minute. We got Club Med over there. Or something like that. Or, or the flu or something. Exactly. No. Uh, and and when you're an older guy, he's, he's talked about you know the rubber band doesn't snap back quite as quickly as it used to. So he's doing a new workout, but he's added something new to his workout that he's not that he hasn't added before. What is what is this new workout regimen include? Guesses. Yes. Um, hot yoga. <laughs> That's a funny one. Honestly, I was going to say either <laughs> yoga or CrossFit. Uh, no, actually, let's uh, let's go to Marvin. Um, I did more cardio. You know, I've always been a big weightlifter. I love to lift weights. Um, it's actually like a hobby of mine, so I always lift weights. But I did more cardio than I've ever done in the past. That's more that's not new. cardio. Cardio. It's new to him. That, that, that's that's probably more that's cardio. CrossFit. He runs three miles every night in the NBA. Listen, hey, he, he, that's CrossFit. <laughs> running. Hey, he, he's running. <laughs> hey. That, that you, didn't bring sound, you didn't bring any sound bites to the table. Marvin, really on the cutting edge. Exactly. <laughs> Next no. thing you know, he's going to be trying to do something like drink more water. It's That's yogging. something new. It's yogging. I hear eggs are, are good. Wait, I'm hearing actually eggs are bad. He's big All on right. kale this year. <laughs> but training camp seems to be going well. I mean, that's good for him. I was just saying, I thought you were kind of, it was going to be some cutting edge thing, and you just brought out he Exactly, jogs, brought out jogging. Jogging. <laughs> jogging. I didn't say it was cutting edge. You just run for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> and you keep running. <laughs> um, good for you, Marvin. Other than Troy Daniels, 
No injuries for the Hornets at training camp. That's a positive. Not yet. There Aaron were, Harrison, watch your back. Knock on, yeah, knock on wood. Why are you wishing that on? Oh, <laughs> no, the one guy not, that can't afford to I'm get not, to the fight. I'm with not him. at all. I was just, you know, uh-huh, I'm uh-huh, not at all. Uh huh. Some of us just want to be right nah. so bad. <laughs> all right, before we get to, we're running out of time here. Before we get to the one last thing, I want to read some tweets here. We've we've got a couple of good ones here coming across the line. Oh, let's start with Matthew. He, he's a longtime tweeter here. Kemba looked like he was making the leap last January. Almost averaged 30 points per game with more space and better team defense can only go up. Yeah, that's the thing, he's, though. Yeah. That Kemba will have those stretches. It's it's putting those together over the course of a season where I think you'll, you know, they will say there's the jump he's supposed to make. But, yeah, he's had stretches for sure. Uh, let's see from Bill here. He wants Zeller going to the bench for more pick-and-roll action with Lance. So Zeller could offer both defense to that second unit, but also somebody that can get a little pick-and-pop action there with Lynn. I think and he's a big body. He is a big body. I would say that I think we're going to see more Zeller getting more minutes regardless. So you may see him with the second. He might be one of those guys that is the last to leave on that first unit. Mm, do you see, we do have some non-Hornets breaking news here, Doug. Oh, yeah? On Derrick Rose. What's going on? Out, inde- <laughs> out indefinitely. Oh, Orbital geez. fracture. You oh, kidding geez. me? Not again. Mm. I have a running joke with a friend of mine because I, I I like D Rose. I like his game, but this this friend of mine is just always kind of needling me about him never staying on the court or never going to play again. It's just tough, man. All right, I'm taking every injury wager we had off the table. I don't. Some, I don't like. No, no, exactly. We are not going to talk we, about we're, we're not going to talk any more injuries, or at least not for this show. Y'all can talk them more. I'm gone. <laughs> All right, let's talk about preseason real quick. Uh, the first games are coming up. In fact, we play two games before uh, David. You and I will hop back on the mic October third uh, against Orlando. That's at Orlando, and then they go to Miami, American Airlines Arena, October fourth. So a back to back in the preseason. Come on, jeez. Things. The more things change, the more things stay the same. Eleven hundred tickets available in Miami, guys. Get out there. But it's it's nice that they play two teams that they'll see. Very often they'll get some some scouting. No, it uh, looks like no Hassan Whiteside though. He's being held out so far of training camp. Sore calf. They're not too concerned about it. McRoberts playing. Yes, I was going to say that. Wade McRoberts, Bosch. They're all healthy. They're all ready to go. Gordon, For now, no way they're playing. No, Wade's not playing. Wade's not playing. Well, of course not. But uh, I'm Bosch interested. I mean, Goran, Drajic, and Bosch together. They didn't remember. Goran didn't play with. I Bosch. wouldn't be surprised if Bosch didn't play the entire preseason. Mm. He needs to get some. I feel like minutes, he needs right? to, but not that. Oh, yeah, much. yeah, yeah. I hear you. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play. You know what Orlando is to me? Orlando is the argument against rebuilding with only draft picks because all of these young guys that they have, nobody's leaping. No, they're all just being young guys. How much is how much of that is coaching? Well, they have a new one now, Scott Skiles. So we'll see maybe if he can. They hired the wrong certainly. Scott, if well, we're honest, and we need to thank them for that. They're going to be faster. They're going to be more aggressive on defense. They do just kind of have a lot of basketball players. Yeah, so we'll yeah see. Harris, Oladipo, Peyton. I mean, all these guys that were just lauded. And, we, and and but again, they're always they're always on the precipice. A lot of that again, coaching. And I'm not sure Scott Skiles is the guy to to necessarily take them over the top or get that ball rolling. But thank you, Orlando, for being dumb and not hiring Scott Brooks. And Thank we, you. We talk about Batum <laughs> struggling at, at Eurobasket or overseas play. Hazonia shot 27.3% yeah. from After beyond the arc. After that dynamite summer league. 
after he basically took over the Orlando he Summer League. dropped a big one in international play this <laughs> summer after Summer League. You like that? Yeah. I'm all right with yeah. that. Yeah, it works for me. Uh, okay. One last thing. I, I tried to pull the, the funniest or, or you know, kind of goofiest quote I could from Media Day for one last thing. And, of course, it comes from Big Al. Someone asked Big Al about the Buzz City jerseys, the black Buzz City jerseys. Here's what he had to say. No, I, lo- I love yeah, I-, I like it. That was you another like reason why I lost some weight, so I could be able to fit it. <laughs> <laughs> black is thinning, folks. Remember, the sleeve jerseys always look good. Well, how many how many uniform related questions were there? Not many, surprisingly. Now was that a was that a jersey or was it was, was it a was it a Buzz City question or it was a jersey it was a uniform was question? Uniform question. But it wasn't like what's Buzz City? No, no. They, yeah, they that, what that. did he think about right. the jerseys? Okay. Now anyone said, asking Buzz City what is Buzz City, I would have personally escorted <laughs> them out. By the way, you could point to the floor; it's on the floor. Exactly. By the way, the they've redone and they were repainted. I don't know if Doug, you got to see it. But they were repainting the locker rooms and the entranceway to the locker rooms. I saw the entranceway. Yeah, that that it is looks good. That, that it is gorgeous, and for anyone that gets a chance to see it, you will love it. The paint fumes made me kind of dizzy. I almost got hit by a car on the way out, but necess- But at the same time, meep, it, meep. exactly, it was one of the better. It's one of the better entranceways I've seen so far. That tunnel, yeah. Yeah, and the locker rooms. I mean, we've seen, we saw the the new look locker room in the Jeremy Lin video when he was yeah. with with Kimba. I mean, they look so futuristic and cool, and the hive on the floor is just. Hey, kudos to you guys on Media Day. Way to go! I mean, good stuff there. I tried to ask the hard hitting questions. I mean, except for the Buzz City question, I think you. I didn't you ask. It. Oh, I didn't ask that question. I know you. That's what I'm saying. Oh, except I, for that one, you nailed it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Always supporting me. Appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, that'll do it for us, friends. Uh, thanks so much for uh, our guest, Nada Edwards, coming in. Yes, And sir. joining us the whole show. That's the first time I think a guest has ever done that. You're Again, I think you were the first one to come in studio, and now you're the first I one. I wasn't the first one to come in studio, because remember, you had Jacinda first, right? No. Well, the in, in the new studio. New studio. Yeah, she was the first one in yeah. the old studio. But okay. you're the first in the new. Okay. Anyway, thank you. No worries. <laughs> I, I, I'm just Bottom saying, line, thank you. That, you. You got anything. For y'all, anything. Come on now. Absolutely. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hive Talk Live to get the latest on Showtimes and Insider Hornets info. Hive Talk Live is a production of SB Nation and at thehive.com for previews, recaps, and more on your Charlotte Hornets. Visit at thehive.com. Visit sbnation.com forward slash NBA as well. A couple of national Hornets pieces up there today. It was Hornets Day basically on SB Nation. We're back again next Tuesday. You know we're going to be talking about the preseason and much, much more. I'm Doug for David and producer Katie and Nada Edwards. Thanks so much for listening. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan. It's Hive Talk Live. Let's swarm, Charlotte.